Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. John gives us this no-brainer. Choose eternal life. Well, how do I get it? Only one way. Simple, clear, concise truth. God has given us eternal life, and it's found only in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Eternal life is not found in religion, in good works, in education, being a member of a church, or philosophy. Eternal life comes one way only, having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. A Christian is not someone who does all the right things. A Christian is someone who has Jesus Christ in their heart, someone for whom Christ has come and died for. If you're unsure of where you are with Jesus, remember three things, the blood, the water, and the spirit. The blood was for you. Blood had to be shed so your sins could be forgiven. The water signifies a new beginning and a desire to live a life like Jesus. Through the presence of the Spirit, we can be sure that Jesus is in us. For the Spirit comforts us when we doubt. The Spirit and Jesus are inseparable. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of 1 John, chapter 5, verse 6, with part one of our message entitled, Six Things We Can Know For Certain. Now here, John gives us the end of this book. This whole book of 1 John was about knowing. Know that you know, that you know, that you know. Sometime ago, Benjamin Franklin said there's only, there's only two things for certain in life. Death and taxes. Somebody said there's a third. Trash. Pretty much true. Let's add a fourth today. Our government is clueless. Okay. That, that's why we need hope for America. Okay. Now, as you begin to look at this no, what does it mean? There's two words I want you to kind of say with me this morning. First word is confidence. Say it with me. Confidence. All our campuses. Here we go. Confidence. And the second word I want to hear from every one of our campuses is the word assurance. To know means to be certain, to absolutely have knowledge, and to have genuine assurance. We've learned a lot of things. I'm going to actually give you this morning six things that every Christian can know with certainty. Six things. So I want you to write them down. We'll be there in a moment. But knowing something isn't enough. Notice what Jesus said one time. He said this, and you see it in the book of John. To the Jews who believed him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, what hold to my teaching is, if you've understood what I taught you, now if you put it into action, that's that step up, that's that speak up. You've heard me, you've already listened up. Now come on, 
put it into action. If you hold my teaching, if you put my teaching in action, then I'll know that you got it. And that means you're going to be my disciple. See, knowing is not good enough. And notice what he says. He begins the next verse with then. If you put it into practice, then you will know the truth. And that truth has some evidence in your life. It sets you free. It sets you free from all kinds of things in your life. Bondage of ignorance, error, sin, and self. So first thing to write down at campus here, Melbourne and Sebastian Avere in the work camp, just write this down this morning. Knowing and applying the truth will set us free. That's why every week when you bring up the website, you'll say sticky notes. Those sticky notes are for you to learn to apply what I just taught this weekend. How do I apply this in my life? So you'll see these six keys as we go through the scripture. We turn to 1 John chapter 5, where you turn, scoot on down to verse 6. Now, as you get there, I want you to look at me just for a moment so I can explain something to you. Most of what John finishes this book this morning is written to believers. John was writing to churches just like this. But in the churches were people that had false teaching. They'd infiltrated the church. And they were Gnostics. They, they, they had all kinds of weird different beliefs. And you'll see one of the beliefs. And what John is answering in these first few verses, they're a little funky. They're a little difficult. What he's answering, he's not really speaking to the believers except for truth. But he's speaking to the false teachers. Who had this idea. Now watch me. You, I think I can make it clear to you. And then we'll look at the scripture. Here's what these false teachers believed. That Jesus came to the earth as a human. Not God. After his water baptism. God came into the human. And God stayed into Jesus. Until he went to the cross. But before Jesus went to the cross. God. The God part of Jesus left. And so Jesus came into the world as totally human. And he died on the cross as a total human. Can you already see a problem somewhere? So John's going to write about water and blood. Water, baptism, blood, shed on the cross. And he's going to say, oh, no, no, no. When Jesus came to the earth, he came fully God and fully man. And he left the earth after the cross, fully God and full of man. So I think that'll help you. Let's look at the verse. I think it'll explain it to you. Now John writes in verse 6. Remember, he's writing to the false teachers. This is the one who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. He did not come by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, who testifies because the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of truth. For there are three that testify. That's a key word we'll look at. So here's the first thing that you need to know this morning. Write it down. We know, you're going to see what Jesus is. We know Jesus is who God says he is. And what is the bottom line to that? Jesus is God. Now, we have many false teachers today. The Mormons, even the Jehovah Witnesses. They don't believe Jesus is God. They don't believe he's div divine at all. Well, so this is not much different. Not as weird as this in John's day, but same principle. So notice, John's correcting these people. And he's saying, if, if, if Jesus only came as a man, 
and then lived for three and a half years as God and man. But then before he went to the cross, if Jesus died on the cross as a man alone, what happens to you and my salvation? It's over. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. And what did that man have to be, that God-man, when he died on the cross? He had to be a man without sin. Well, none of us have that. Absolutely none of us have that. There's no chance. And that's why the virgin birth. Jesus was born without sin, and he lived his whole life without sin. So when he went to the cross, he paid in Melbourne and Vier and Sebastian and work camp, watching on the whole world, he paid for our sins. So John says, no, 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 you have to, you have to know who Jesus really is. He's the son of God who paid for the sins of the world. Now, when you begin to look at that, we see this word testified. Testifying witnesses was a big deal in the Old Testament and the New Testament. Look at verse 7 and 8 again. There are three that testify to this truth, that Jesus was fully man, fully God, went to the cross as man and God, no sin, paid for our salvation. What are these three that agree? The Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the water, and the blood. They're in agreement. They're in total agreement. So Jesus reminds us, or John actually reminds us, that the Spirit is the one who makes the truth of the water, that he came, he was born of a virgin, he died on the cross, took our sins upon us. He's the one that witnesses to that. Now, it's interesting to me that John would mention this. For us, we're thinking, really? The Holy Spirit's going to do that? Well, John wrote a gospel, also the gospel of John. Look what John wrote many years before. As Jesus was walking the earth, look what happened. Jesus says this, But I will send you the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, known as the Spirit of Truth. And he's saying to his disciples, He will come to you after I go, to, after I go back to heaven, after paying for your salvation. He will come to you from the Father. And notice what the Spirit will do. He will what? He will testify all about me. See, the Holy Spirit knew Jesus was fully God and fully man. So those three things together, John says to these, these false teachers, no, Jesus was a divine son of God, both at his baptism and the crucifixion, and in fact, from day one until he left and went back to heaven. Now, that's a fact. That's knowledge. The Spirit of truth says that. Look at verse 9. John says, we accept man's testimony, but God's testimony is greater because it is the testimony of God which he has given us about his Son. John relates God's personal testimony to confirm the truth that Jesus was who God said he was, the anointed one, the Messiah. Now, very often... We would see different, the Holy Spirit speaking about Jesus. We'd see God speaking about Jesus. But there's two times that in the Gospels, God's clear declaration that Jesus was his son. I'm going to only give you one, but there's two. Just definite, absolute truth. Look at this one. When Jesus was baptized in water, he didn't have sin, but he kind of was baptized in water to, to show you and I, this is the way you do it. He humbled himself. Now, watch what happens at this baptism. Put it on the overhead here. As soon as Jesus was baptized in water, he went up out of the water, immersed. He was immersed. At that moment, heaven opened. And he saw the Spirit of God, that's the Holy Spirit, descending like a dove and lighting on him. 
This is where Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit. Before he did one day of ministry, he had to be filled with the power of God. And then watch what happens. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love. With him, I am well pleased. So here is the confirmation from God that Jesus is his son. Fully God, fully man. Now, I want you to write this verse down, just the, John three sixteen and 17. Just write that down. Because sometime in your witnessing, you're going to need this verse. Because this is one of the key verses of the Bible that teaches one amazing truth. The Trinity. There's God the Father, there's God the Son, and there's God the Holy Spirit. At the beginning of the creation, Elohim, at the beginning of creation... God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit were together as the earth was created. Remember, the Bible says this, and and God said, let us. Well, who's let us? God the Father, God the Son. Notice what we have. We have Jesus, the Son of God. You have the Holy Spirit coming on him. That's the God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And last, who's speaking? Hello? Did I lose you? Who's speaking? God the Father. So you have God the Father, God the Son, and who? God the Holy Spirit. What's that, a, what's that an absolute picture of? The Trinity. Many, many people don't believe in the Trinity. They're wrong. Now, so as you begin to think about that, that's the proof external. External truth is fantastic. But look at verse 10. When you become a Christian, God gives you more than just external truth. Watch what happens. Anyone who believes in the Son of God... In other words, if you have a relationship with God, has this testimony in his, say it with me, in his, in his heart. So watch me, watch me. This testimony, these facts that we've learned already are in our head. But there's more than that. We need that. But it it actually flows to my heart. Watch what he says. Anyone who does not believe God, anyone who does not believe, God has made him out to be a liar because he has not believed the testimony God has given about his son. If you don't believe Jesus is divine, if you don't believe he's part of the Trinity, if you don't believe he was fully man and fully God from his birth, all the way from his birth back to heaven, then you're a liar. Now, what camp does that put you in? Satan. He's the father of lies. External truth is great, but once you have that external truth... And God comes to live in you. There's an assurance that's not from the mind. There's an assurance that's in the heart. Look at this verse. Paul writes it like this. And because we are his children, you've accepted the Lord. God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. There's an inner witness. I know. I have assurance. Prompting us to be able to say these words. What are these words? God is my father, and I'm his child. I know it by head, but I know it in my heart. God is for me. I know that because the Spirit of God lives in me. He's alive in me, and he witnesses to me. Not just facts. Facts are good, but I have that inner witness in my heart. Now, the next three verses are pretty much, uh, you'll hear them over and over. If you've been in church at all, you'll hear these verses very, you you need to understand these verses. They're straightforward. They're black and white. There's one side and the other side. It's huge you understand these verses. All of our campuses, now watch them. 
Verse 11. And this is the testimony, John says, God has given us eternal life. And this life is in the Son. So eternal life has something to do with Jesus. And then look at verse 12. This is the, this is the black and white. He who has the Son, let me paraphrase it. He who has a relationship with Jesus Christ has what? Say it with me. Has, has life. So if you're a Christian this morning, and I'll, I'll, I'll delve into that a little while later. If you're a Christian, you have life. What kind of life? It goes back to the verse before. Eternal life. What is eternal life? Forever. It means heaven. So look at verse 12. He who has a son has life. Now here comes the dividing line. He who does not have the son. Every single person that doesn't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ does not have what? Does not have eternal life. Now why would John write these? Why would John write these two statements? I mean, this is black and white. Why would he write them? Well, you hear no, 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 no. You need to know, no, no, no. You need to know, no, no, no. Why would he write them? Look at verse 13. Here's the answer. I write these things to you who believe. So he's writing these things for believers, to believers in the name of the Son of God. Why? So you may know, have confidence, have full assurance that you have eternal life. Number two, you need to understand this principle. Number two, here it is. We know, if you're a Christ follower, we know that we have eternal life. That truth is priceless. If you have that assurance, you absolutely know without any question when you die, where are you going to spend eternity? It's priceless. I mean, you can't put a price to that. The Bible tells us that we're going to live forever in heaven with God or we're going to live forever in hell separated from God. Now, God doesn't want anybody to go to hell. So John gives us this no-brainer. Choose eternal life. Well, how do I get it? Only one way. Simple, clear, concise truth. God has given us eternal life, and it's found only in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Eternal life is not found in religion, in good works, in education, being a member of a church, or philosophy. Eternal life comes one way only, having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, here's a key. In every one of our campuses, guaranteed, some of you do not have that assurance. You hope when you die, you'll go to heaven. But you can have that assurance. In my prayer this weekend, every single person will be very clear in where they stand. I'm praying I can't make it happen. I'm praying that every single one of you who don't know beyond any shadow of a doubt that when you die, you're going to heaven. You have eternal life forever. If you don't know that, did you make that choice today? See, if you doubt it, you don't know it. You need to know it. So you need to make it sure. At every service, we've had people come. Surprising to me, because I never know how God's going to work. Many people coming crying. And from the youngest to the oldest, I now know. 
There is nothing more important. I don't care what happens the rest of your life. You need to know. And it's not about this church. It's not about me. You can have the assurance, but it comes only one way. A personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That's why he went to the cross. So we'll talk more about that at the end. But I want you to already begin thinking. This is for me. I need to know this truth. I'll give you that opportunity. Verse 14 is an interesting verse. And I want you to look at me for a moment because I'm going to give you Balmer's translation of this verse. You'll like it. Don't worry. You'll like it. You'll like it. Now, let's take a look at all of our campuses. Here, here John, Ford, this is a Balmer translation. By the way, some of you knew I'm Balmer. So you, you understand who this is. This is the confidence. John says this. This is the confidence. There's that word. This is the assurance we have in approaching God. He's talking about prayer. That if we ask anything we want, God will give it to us. Can I hear an amen everywhere around here? How many like that verse? How, how, many, how many received that verse this morning? Come on. How many of you really received that verse this morning? How, I ask anything and God gives it to me. It's wrong. <laughs> By the way, you can go to many churches in the United States. That's exactly what they teach. It's called the prosperity doctrine. It's from hell. You're not God. You can't say to God, I want this. Give it to me. He's not a puppet up there. He's God. Now, that's right. That's right. He's God. So what, what does the verse really say? Okay, all right, let's get away from Baltimore. Let's go back here. Don't make fun of me. You liked it. Now, look, look what he says. This is the confidence, talking to believers, we have in approaching God and praying that if we ask anything, here's what you want to align in your Bible, according to his will, he hears us. Verse 15, and we know, and, and, and if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we ask of him. Here's the third thing you need to know this morning without any doubt. We know that God answers prayer. Could I hear an amen right there? Now, it's fantastic to know that when I die, I'm going to heaven. But how many know you haven't died yet? I, I hope you know that. You're breathing. So what does that mean? At the moment, I live on earth. There's all kinds of needs. Spiritual, emotional, physical, relationship in my life. And I need to know that when I pray, number one, that God is approachable. He wants to meet my needs. He, he wants to hear his children. And I, to do that, I, I, I've already seen that there are some conditions of God answering my prayer. And I want to give you four of them. Here's the first one to write. Number one, you have to pray. If you want God to answer to prayer, you have to pray. The Bible says this, you have not because you ask not. Pastor Mark began a list of six things we can know for certain. These are absolute truths. Truths that once we know them and apply them to our lives, we will be set free. What a wonderful blessing to know that these are the things we can take to the bank. We don't have to kind of believe them or wonder if they're really true. No, these are absolute truths. And once we believe them and apply them, it will change our lives. Social media is a huge blessing that most of us use every day. We want to encourage you to become our Facebook friend and follow our Twitter feed. 
At the Facebook page and Twitter feed, we post information about upcoming events, discipleship articles, and encouraging quotes that will inspire you in your walk with Jesus. Log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to the Calvary Chapel Melbourne Facebook page and Twitter feed. Or simply search for Calvary CCM on Facebook or Twitter. We even have a specific Facebook page for the Vieira campus. Simply search for Calvary CCM and you'll see the Vieira campus Facebook page in the search results. Again, to like our Facebook page and subscribe to our Twitter feed, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Again, our web address is LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time on Lessons for Living, we will learn how to pray according to God's will and not our will. Did you know that God tells us that we can ask for anything we want and God will grant it? Really? Is God like a genie in a bottle? Can we really ask for anything? Yes, but Pastor Mark will tell us that as Christians, we will always want God's desire for our lives. Sometimes that means those prayers are answered with a no. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through the book of 1 John. That's next time on Lessons for Living. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a hurting world A new hope He is giving Lord, let us hear your lesson.